Hi, I'm Copthorne MacDonald, founder and editor of the Wisdom Page website. One of the more popular documents on the site is an essay I wrote titled Flaws in Human Mentality. This video explores that issue. The good news is that evolution designed for us human beings an incredibly capable brain-mind system. The bad news is that evolution's design is in some respects obsolete. It was well suited to helping our hunter-gatherer ancestors survive and reproduce in the harsh conditions they faced, but it's not ideally suited for dealing with life today. Let's begin with a look at decision-making. Human decisions are made by a partly conscious but largely unconscious process. Information entering the brain from the senses and information stored in memory interact with a person's deeply held beliefs and values. Computer data processing is a useful analogy. The evolution-designed human brain is the hardware. A person's internalized values and beliefs are a key part of the program. A person's senses and memories provide the information that is processed. The result of that processing is behavior, a decision to do this, that, or perhaps nothing. The details are extremely complex and not completely understood, but the diagram conveys the basic idea. From this we can see that there are several places where things can go wrong. Brain structure and functioning, the values, the beliefs, one's memories, and the incoming sensory information. Let's begin with the brain and some of the problems that are rooted in brain design. The human brain actually consists of three brains nested within each other, each having been developed during a different evolutionary period. The innermost brain, sometimes called the brain stem or the reptilian brain, is located at the top of the spinal column, and it is the primitive core of the human brain. Designed by evolution to guide the behavior of reptiles, it is the most ancient of the three. It consists of the medulla oblongata, the pons, and the reticular formation. In humans, it controls basic bodily functions such as heartbeat, breathing, swallowing, sneezing, and blood pressure. During sleep, the reticular formation monitors sensory data and arouses the rest of the brain when it detects something it deems dangerous, such as an unfamiliar noise or skin sensation. The limbic system, consisting of the thalamus, fornix, hippocampus, hypothalamus, and amygdala is an add-on brain that evolved to help mammals survive and reproduce. Wrapped around the brain stem, it is the seat of the emotions that we humans and other mammals experience. These include strong reactive emotions such as fear, lust, anger, and jealousy as well as subtler emotions such as maternal feelings and those that define moods. The limbic system also plays a major role in memory. 
Mammals also have a third brain, a neocortex located atop and around the limbic system. Relative to body size, cats have a small cortex. Chimpanzees have one of medium size, and humans have a very large one. The human cortex is the thinking brain, the seat of many higher level functions such as speech, planning, decision making, visualization, and the intellectual control of a person's emotional life. The three nested brains are interconnected in complex ways, and recent neurological and psychological research has revealed much about how the whole integrated system works. This evolution-designed brain-mind system creates for each person a mental model of reality that contains some serious distortions and outright lies. In the difficult circumstances of primitive living, some of these lies actually help people to survive. In present circumstances, however, they often cause serious problems. Reactive emotions and emotion-driven actions helped early humans to survive and reproduce in primitive circumstances. Today, however, strong emotions distort a person's sense of relative importance and often lead to inappropriate behavior. It works like this. The thalamus acts as a relay station for raw sensory input data. It sends this data both to the neocortex for detailed but relatively slow processing and directly to the amygdala where it is evaluated in a crude but more immediate way. The amygdala monitors all the sensory data passing through the thalamus for threats to the person. If its hardwired programming detects a danger of some sort, it puts the brain in crisis mode. Some of these crisis messages cause physical things to happen, such as the release of fight or flight hormones, the tightening of muscles, the release of brain chemicals that heighten alertness. At the same time, a feeling is presented to consciousness, say of fear, anger, hatred, greed, or jealousy, as determined by the amygdala's rough-and-ready analysis of the sensory data. Sometimes a powerful human emotion leads to immediate action. The person acts before the more comprehensive and sophisticated but slower cortical evaluation process has been completed. At times, this kind of immediate reactive behavior, behavior might save an endangered life. At other times, it results in great harm and profound regret. A mark of emotional intelligence development and maturity is the ability to delay acting until the cooled-out second opinion from the frontal lobes of the cortex has reached consciousness. Unfortunately, some people treat emotions as action imperatives, and they react on impulse in situation after situation. They have not learned that emotional feelings are simply messages from the limbic brain to the conscious mind. To be ignored or acted upon as other brain processes, our intellect and intuition dictate. Fear, in particular, is highly controlling and difficult to deal with. 
It was a helpful motivator when Vishen detected an approaching tiger. And then in that situation, immediate action made perfect sense. But in today's very different world, the experience of fear often leads to inappropriate behavior or it immobilizes people preventing appropriate action. Unfortunately, human beings are not good at assessing risk. The deaths of 3,000 people in the terrorist attack of September 11, 2001 triggered an immobilizing wave of fear that swept across America. The fact that a dozen times that many deaths occur each year in automobile accidents does not. That said, humans are fear-prone beings, and fear is often used as a mechanism of control. The media carries stories that create fear, and the size of their audience increases. Political regimes exaggerate risk, demonize an enemy, and use other fear-provoking techniques to get people to agree with the regime's program of action. The emotional vulnerability of human beings, a combination of fear, confusion, and the hope of relief from fear, allowed the George W. Bush administration to implement an agenda that greatly increased executive power, reduced civil liberties, and killed many more civilians in Afghanistan and Iraq than were killed in the September 11 attacks. We have also been misled about personhood and identity. We have a primal sense of existing, a self-sense, an I am feeling, and almost all of us associate that feeling with body and mind contents. This makes sense from an evolutionary perspective. The human brain evolved during an extended period when our ancestors relied on hunting and gathering for survival. When under threat in primitive circumstances, the illusion of being an independent person increased the likelihood of personal and species survival. So it made evolutionary sense to consider oneself an independent person. In reality, however, humans are not separate independent beings. We are nodes of universal process. We utilize the sun's energy, exchange gases via the atmosphere, take in nutritious chemicals, produce wastes, and are linked in numerous ways to other beings and systems. More fundamental still, persons are simply informational modulations of the primal carrier, being, spirit, energy awareness. Think of the ocean and its waves. Waves are ocean's informational modulations having form and activity. Yet, from another perspective, waves are simply ocean. Like the ocean and its waves, humanity and all of existence is the primal one in countless forms. Unfortunately, human reliance on vision constantly reinforces the illusion of separateness. People seem to be isolated entities, but they are not. 
One side effect of our distorted sense of identity is the limited sphere of concern that we all start out with and that we transcend only with difficulty. Our built-in tendency is to be concerned primarily about our own immediate situation, ourselves, our family, our friends, those physically close to us and close in relationship. Yet the expansion of concern about the well-being of others is possible and is a characteristic of developing wisdom. The same is also true about the extension of concern in the realm of time. We tend to be concerned about the near term, about having things go well now and in the immediate future. Again, concern about well-being in the more distant future is possible and it develops as one grows in wisdom. Another problem is that we humans lie to ourselves and we do it in a variety of ways. Psychologists use the terms denial, rationalization, projection, and repression to identify various forms of this phenomenon. Whatever the mechanism, the result is a mental blind spot. The individual fails to see some truth about him or herself. Similarly, human cultures and entire nation states have blind spots concerning historical realities and current practices that they would rather not acknowledge. Unfortunately, there are a host of other ways in which our minds distort reality. People find it difficult to internalize the reality of their own eventual death. We have difficulty conceptualizing magnitudes that are vastly different from those we deal with in ordinary life. We can't intuitively grasp the extremely large or the extremely small. We notice sudden changes, but not gradual changes. We tend to oversimplify causation. We pick out some dominant element in the situation and call it the cause, when in fact there are myriad necessary elements, an entire causal matrix with roots that go back to the origin of the universe. We saw that our values and beliefs play a large role in making our decisions. What do we value? What do we believe? And how did we acquire our values and beliefs? Each human's inner life and outer behavior is the joint product of nature and nurture, genes on the one hand and life experience on the other. Each person arrives on Earth with a set of genetically determined potentials, some of which are common to all and some of which differ from person to person. All babies drink, cry, sleep, and wet their diapers. But some babies sleep their first months away, while others cry them away. Some startle easily, some don't. Some are exceptionally alert and attentive, others are less so. Some have a generally rejecting attitude. Others, a generally accepting one. In addition to these built-in attitudes and tendencies, 
Each baby is born with a very wide range of undeveloped potentials. These include intellectual potentials, physical potentials, musical potentials, artistic potentials, potentials for generosity and caring, potentials for selfishness and mean-spiritedness, and so forth. On the nurture side, it's society's job to take this raw, malleable humanness, this watchful, willful bundle of potentials, and develop some of them into functioning actualities. If one set of potentials gets developed, you get one kind of person and one expression of human nature. When another set develops, you get a very different person and a different human nature. It is the matrix of influences in each person's life that determines which of these potentials develop into actualities and which do not. These influences arise from involvement with parenting, schooling, the legal system, religion, employment, organizations, the electronic and print media, and people in general. Societies need individuals who accept the overall goals, values, and ethical standards of their society. This is accomplished by influencing people in ways that lead them to develop a compatible set of beliefs and values. Internalized beliefs are deeply held assumptions about what is true and real. Some beliefs reflect objective reality, others do not. But true or false, beliefs play a key role in directing behavior. Each person has a great many beliefs, and these come together as a pattern of beliefs about the world, a picture of how things are, a personal worldview. Internalized values are the roots of human goals and preferences. They have to do with the way a person would like things to be. Each human has many values, and they sometimes conflict. Depending on circumstances, one value will take priority over another. Eating supper at 6 p.m. may be one of your values. But it is not apt to be the controlling value if your house happens to be on fire at that hour. Values are arranged in a constantly shifting hierarchy of priority. People always do what they think is best, and that best is determined by how their value hierarchy interacts with the brain-mind's assessment of past, present, and anticipated future circumstances. Some values, such as bodily survival, territoriality, and sexual reproduction, appear to be hardwired into the ancient parts of the brain. And some part of the brain appears to come pre-programmed with certain ethical values, such as the golden rule, the incest taboo, and other values of conscience. But the neocortex-based intellectual and intuitive processes use a hierarchy of learned, internalized, inherently changeable values to evaluate situations, make decisions, and initiate behaviors. One or more of these brain processes, together with its hierarchy of values, is always in charge of our lives. 
Nobel Prize winning neuroscientist Roger Sperry commented on this situation and some of its broader implications. He wrote, human values, in addition to their commonly recognized significance from a personal, religious, or philosophic standpoint, can also be viewed objectively as universal determinants in all human decision-making. All decisions boil down to a choice among alternatives of what is most valued for whatever reasons and are determined by the particular value system that prevails. Human value priorities, viewed thus in objective control system theory, stand out as the most strategically powerful causal control now shaping world events. More than any other causal system in which science now concerns itself, it is variables in human value systems that will determine the future. If we don't like the values we have internalized to date, or the particular mental process that is calling the shots, then we must change things. By being selective about the influences we expose ourselves to and the mental habits we develop, we can influence the mix and relative priority of our internalized values and which mental process is in control. So we return to the good news we started with. Despite its flaws, each of us human outcrops of universal process is equipped with an incredibly capable mind-brain. The ancient brain structures may be pretty much hardwired, but the neocortex is not. If we expose ourselves to the right influences and develop the right mental habits, its vast network of neural connections will rearrange themselves in ways that allow us to minimize and transcend those mental flaws. I call that process wisdom development. Thanks for watching, and to find out more, I invite you to visit the Wisdom Page website.